Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Cozy Corner, man. The coziest corner on the internet. Um, I am your co-host, Cozy Boy Don, man. And I got my other co-host with me. Yes, that boy, one back K, in the K, Kenny, Kenny Mac, um, sure. Ken Dog, all all of the above, and we got some great stuff to talk about, man. Today, come on, man, come on, man. Playoffs is on and cracking in the NBA. We got a little bit of draft stuff for the NFL on Thursday, but let's get right into the playoffs, man. <clears throat> Starting last night, the Brooklyn Nets were swept by the Boston Celtics. Um. Yeah. The Nets have gone home in four games. The only team to get swept in the first round. And what's your feelings about, like, just immediate reaction to after the game? What was your first thoughts? Exactly how my man Charles feel. If you're a great if you, if you're so-called a great player, you could at least give me one. He said two. Mm-hmm. You could at least give me one. Yeah, I thought it was going to go six. But at the end of the day, the Nets, the better, the better team won. The better team won. Oh, man. Um, my immediate thoughts were like, damn. Just damn. And I had tweeted this, um, what day was it? After game two, um, I was like, the Celtics are becoming that team right in front of our eyes. And mm-hmm. more so, I feel like more so the story should be on the Celtics side and them ascending to become a championship-level team than it is for the Brooklyn Nets side. But that's just the way it goes. Sometimes it's just the drama, the superstars, and all that other kind of stuff. But I was really yeah. just in awe of what the Celtics did on the defensive end. They're just locking up KD games and Kyrie. And I got this little – I seen this tweet. like a stat <clears throat> that I saw that I need to pull up real quick. It was about Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. He was guarding Kyrie in all of the games. So, in game one, Marcus Smart while guarding Kyrie Irving. It was 26 possessions, 10 points. That was the game Kyrie had 39. He was going off, hitting crazy shots. Game two, 37 possessions, 4 points. Game three, 33 possessions, 4 points. Game four, 30 possessions, 2 points. And... And Tatum, well, Curry, he wasn't into it. And Tatum was 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 absolutely splendid on KD. It was it was ridiculous what he was doing on that end too. It was crazy. <laughs> and then everybody else, Grant Williams did a great job. Al Horford, shout out to Al Horford, man. Marcus Smart on the offensive end too. Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Brown stepped up in some big spots, especially last night and in game two when they were down and they needed it. He hit a couple big shots in game three when we were watching it uh, when he did that step back on Patty Mills and had had his ass damn near underneath the basket while he shot a three. Um, <laughs> he, that, shout out to boy he made you double too. Shout out to him, coach. Man, man. Um, but going forward for the Nets, right? Oh, before we go forward, you want to talk about the Ben Simmons thing? What you think about the poll? He sat out game four, all this kind of stuff. Because people are eviscerating him right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you said that last week. If they don't win game three, what's the point of playing game four? Well, I mean, even if he played, I don't think he would have made that much of a difference. But I guess it's just like a, 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 a athlete mentality thing where it's like, okay, your back is against the wall now. You're a part of this team. You got to give – you're all right, and you got to fight through something to get on the court. But he didn't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the mental situation is. I don't know what the physical situation is. And I don't like to kill people for stuff I don't know for a fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if I don't know something for a fact, you can go with the speculation oh, he was scared. Oh, he's a punk. Oh, he's this, he's that. But at the end of the day, he didn't play. We don't know why. We probably will not know why. Um, so it's just disappointing. This just disappointed that he didn't play, and we can move on from it. <laughs> but um, my original question was going forward for this team, right? Assuming, well, I'm assuming that Katie and Kyrie are coming back. That's what they said, right? And I would assume that they would do that since the Nets have already dumped all this money into this team. What does next year's team look like? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what do they need to prioritize to get to the championship level that they need to get to next year? <clears throat> Depth, team depth. They need yeah. some wings. They need a lot. They need. I feel like they do need <laughs> defensive wings, and they need like a, a true reliable center. 
or multiple bigs, you know? Because <clears throat> the league is getting bigger and bigger, um, and you need that versatility out there because having KD have to guard your best, the best player on the other end is kind of um, not ideal. <laughs> not ideal at all. Um, I I really do think that they need to, like, outside of KD, Kyrie, Patty Mills, well, I guess they got Ben Simmons. I guess that is a win. Ben Simmons, I'm assuming, coming back. I feel like they they do need some more. They need a lot more depth. Hopefully, Joe Harris comes back and he's healthy next year. He should give them some more guard depth and some more shooting. But I'm going to have to sit back and think about what they actually need and kind of flesh that kind of idea out to be able to, to know definitively, definitively what they need. But they, they definitely need some work because the East is at an all-time high competition-wise. So, yeah. You that boy Cam Johnson some minutes next season. Yeah, Cam, what's his name? Yeah. That's Cam Thomas. Oh, I'm thinking about the Suns. Give Cam Thomas some minutes next year. <laughs> Dayron Sharp didn't play a lot either, but um, do you have any more thoughts on the Celtics or the Nets going forward? They got war coming next round. That's all I got to say. Not going to be as easy to guard Kevin Durant as it is. Giannis. As it, yeah. And especially, yeah. like, now what the Bucks are doing with that three-big lineup with Giannis, Brooke, and Bobby Portis. Buddy. Because <laughs> Bobby and Brooke can shoot shoot threes. They can space the floor. They have size and versatility defense. Oh, my God, the Bucks. Okay. We're going, we're going to talk about the Bucks, Bucks later on. Um, next game, um, you want to do you want to do Utah first or you want to do Philly? We'll do Utah. All right, Utah, Jazz, uh, Dallas Mavericks. Since the last time we talked, they split games, you know what I'm saying? Um, we came back after it was tied one-to-one. Utah went home. They took an L in game four, came back with a clutch dub in game five. Um, those games – Say what? Games three and four. Yeah, games three and four. They split those pretty evenly, right? Luka came back for game four. It, it kind of had an impact on the team because they weren't playing the same. The ball wasn't popping around. There wasn't a whole lot of different spacing. And it just took time for them to adjust. But they only ended up losing by one, you know? Um, but game five last night was a boat race. I don't even remember the final score because I didn't even check. Um, but at one point, they were up by like 35. Donovan Mitchell got hurt. Um, Hassan Whiteside got ejected for no reason. Um, all types of other stuff. They were just getting. Yeah, that was dumb. They were getting flipped. that nigga out for no reason. He didn't do anything. He was trying he to help Luke up, and then Dorian Finney-Smith came over his head. He, he thought he took exception to it. Reggie Bullock did the same thing, but uh, I don't know. Luke got them hitters. He didn't even say nothing. All he did was look at the boy Hassan. They started running at him. <laughs> this nigga Luke was a real mob boss on that. <laughs> He was Bro, he was he was toying with them. You seen that that and one he had on Rudy where he faked it this way, went back this way and shot the ball behind his head and got an and one. The famous famous low said he walked. He might have, but but they ain't call it. You know? Said if you take two steps and you don't go up, then that's supposed to be a walk. To be honest with you, bro, I have no idea what the rules are anymore. I don't because they get bended so much that I can't even tell you. I don't know if you get a gather, then two. That's that's what I think. I think you get a gather and then a one-two, and then that's it. But I don't know. If you get two feet down, you got to ask them. you seen what Jalen Brunson do when he get two feet down in the paint. He do all types of pivots, spin moves, fadeaways, all this other shit. It's crazy. Um, it's a grown man down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So – do you think going into game six that Utah at home will pull out another win or was that that last loss just too demoralizing for them? Because I was thinking game four, um, no, game three was a demoralizing loss. Like they came home and they were giving up so many threes. They switched to a small lineup. It started to work offensively, but defensively it still didn't do the same thing. It's just, you know. I think really it just depends on what's the, the health status down of the Mitchell. Yeah, if Donovan Mitchell doesn't play, then yeah, they're not gonna win that game. But um, he's not even, if he's not ninety percent, they're not gonna win that game. He needs to have his biggest game in Game Six for them to win. Mm-hmm. 
It really depends on his health status, but I think if he's healthy, then... I do want to give him a little bit of praise, right? So, throughout this year, and I, I want to say the year past, he's been he's been bad defensively, right? And even in game three, he was getting exploited defensively. He goes to the podium. He's like, okay, we need to we need to step up defensively. And they were going at him a lot. Like, with, in ISO situations, they were trying to get switched on to him. And Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Jalen Brunson were really attacking him. But in game, five, in game four, he really stepped up, and he played really, really good defense, even though the rotations were still off and all that kind of stuff. And they let up a whole lot of threes. But – that's just a part of it. I, I, at this point, I did. I just think it's, it's installed into the defense to just rotate terribly, <laughs> or just give up a drive and get a foot in the paint, so Rudy has to come over and give up a wide open three. And there's no defenders on there, and they hold starting. Like I, it's Besides the same thing, bro. It's the same thing from last year when they played the Clippers. Okay, I can get past you. I get one foot in the paint. Rudy's gonna have to come over. We're just gonna shoot threes, and. They kind of luck. The Clippers, in my opinion, kind of lucked out with Terrence Mann having that big game in Game Six. Like, really, out of all players, Terrence Mann has thirty-eight or however many points he had. Like, out of all players, and you living with that. So I don't know. Jazz gonna have to do something um, pretty soon. I don't know what they're gonna do or how they're gonna do it. But yeah. if they get embarrassed, their coach about to get fired. He looked like he ready to be fired. He looked stressed. <laughs> Quinn Snyder is stressed out. He looked like a mob boss, too. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> um, How much you think Jalen Brunson is getting in the offseason? 100? 90? 80? Seen his, his pop said there's no discount. Ain't no discount, bro. Oh, shit. There's no discount. Then you better get 100. Where you think he can go? Where do you see him at just, like, early-wise, like, right now? I don't know. I think nice. If the Mavericks should be doing all they could to keep him early. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, they might have to but throw we'll him in that bag. Yeah, they don't have to. 90 at least if it's in – if it's in mm-hmm. – Yeah, I think he, he going – hey, bro, okay. Moving on. A lot of teams can use him. A whole lot of teams. I can see him playing with Bron, too, at the one. You know what I'm saying? ISO situations. He's a guy that can catch and shoot, get to the paint, play off two feet, can play, make a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. But are they gonna, are they willing to pay him? Because I don't think they're going to be willing to pay him. Because they don't pay no – well, they kind of got their money tied up. But, yeah. <clears throat> It'll be a good offseason for him. Hell yeah. But um, moving forward from that series, we're going to take it back um, to the East Coast. Philadelphia, Toronto, game five. We thought this was going to be a closeout game for the Sixers just based upon game four. Um, Let's talk about game three for a second because we didn't get a chance to talk about game three. Game three was an absolute masterclass by Joel Embiid. You know, not everybody showed up. Not everybody was there for the Sixers. And it came down to the wire in in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Joel Embiid showed why he was one of the top candidates for the MVP. I still maintain the belief that that spin around free throw line jump shot that he made fading away is probably the craziest shot I've ever seen in my life by a big man. Like he caught the ball, one foot, spin, pivot, spin, and then fade away and make it all net. Then he hit the rim. Then he hit the rim. And then he hits the game winning three in overtime. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and then game four, I expected Toronto to get one at home. Um, the Sixers seemed like they kind of like relaxed a little bit. They were turning the ball over a lot. They they were letting – I don't really know. It seemed like Joel Embiid's hand was compromised. He didn't play that well at all. He wasn't dominant. And Harden wasn't really there either. Tyrese Maxey had a decent game. Tobias Harris had a really good game. Um, playing good. Yeah, he's been playing well, great. He's been great. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, going back home, you're thinking this may, it's going to be a closeout game. Nope. Toronto dominated the whole game. 
I rewatched the game today because I watched the second the entire second half last night. But rewatched it today, bro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, no, we, I only watched the fourth quarter, but they was running on them. Watched like the end of the third and the fourth quarter. Bro, running on. When I tell you, fast break points and early offense was the 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 reason why they won that game, bro. Turnovers and bad shots by Philadelphia led to easy runouts. Early offense, okay, I'm going to run down everybody on the court at 6-8 and up. I'm going to go seal one of these guards and get an easy look. Boom, layup. You know what I'm saying? They were showing, they were throwing bodies at Joel Embiid. He didn't really get too many looks deep in the post. When he did, it was easy. But they were running guys, they were running guys at him to get him off the ball so he couldn't even work. As soon as he get it, boom, we're running over. We're going to coming over. What do you have, a finger injury? Yeah, he has a... Um, I don't know if it's torn or strained or partially torn. He has a one of the ligaments in his thumb is um is messed up, so it's kind of what hand is right hand? His shooting hand. What do you have? He don't have twenty and ten last night, right? Um, I, don't know, I had a whole bunch of notes. He had twenty points and I think he had eleven rebounds, something like that. Um, but it was the others he really hurt. for Philly that didn't show up, including Arden, like. I got it written down here. Tyrese Maxey, who was great in the first two games, and then he was okay in game three. Game four, he kind of bad. Game five, he was 5 for 14, 0 for 3 from 3, 12 points. Harden, 4 for 11, 2 for 6 from 3, 15 points. Tobias Harris, 6 for 16, 2 for 7 from 3, 16 points. Um, and Matisse Thibault was terrible. He was terrible. They were leaving him on an island. <laughs> Anytime somebody had had the ball, they were just gonna go sprint whoever was guarding Matisse and make him make a decision. And he didn't make any good ones. He missed. I think he was like one for six. Um, he had a couple turnovers, and the offense, the bad stuff on offense, outweighed the defense. So that was bad. Um, and for Toronto, these past two games, Pascal Siakam has been excellent, bro. Like he had thirty four in game four. Last night he had 23-10-7. and seven. Um, OG was great last night. Great oh. defensively, too. Um, he had 16 Scotty. points. Scotty Barnes had 12-8-4. And, and Precious Achua off the bench had 17 points last night. Boy, Precious. It's crazy. And really, to be honest with you, um, Harden, your time is coming, my brother. If this um, – Firstly, do you think that this game, uh, game six, is going to be won by Philly or Toronto? Who do you think is going in Toronto? Six is in trouble. You said what? I would take Toronto. I would take Toronto, but this and the Sixers are in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, uh, it's going to take some dominant. It's going to take some dominant from Harden or Embiid for them to to really win that game and pull it out. Um, I'm gonna go with Toronto. Just based upon like the history of James Harden, uh, Doc Rivers, um, yeah, and the Raptors don't have anything to lose at all. They have nothing to lose. They're gonna empty the clip. No Fred, no like, just empty the clip. You know what I'm saying? In Toronto. Yep. And Gary Trent didn't play well last game. He had a good game in Game Four. He didn't play well last night, but it's gonna be war, man. And going forward, if it's Game Seven, right? Game seven in Philadelphia. Are you going with Philly or are you going with Toronto? Go with Philly. Because if you're thinking right, like yeah, it would be in my mind when I first was thinking about. It, I was like, it's easy Philly, but when you're going into a building where you just won three games in a row, right? First game you won by the skinny, not really skinny teeth. It was comfortable, a little bit comfortable, like five six point margin. Second game you win by damn near twenty. Like, it wasn't even close last night. It's not like they pulled a game out their ass. They dominated that game. And if they go to Toronto and they win by, like, maybe, say, like, 8 to, eight to 12 points. And I'm like, okay, we feel really good. We're really confident. And that's scary for the Sixers. That's not good at all. That's terrible for them. You know? Um, it plays in their cars, though. Yeah. It's definitely in their hands, like. But Sixers don't deserve nothing easy. They don't deserve no four ones. No. But going forward, like I said, right, James Harden, he 
when he first got to to Philly, he was playing pretty well. He had a first, like those first like seven games, he was really good. But since then, he has been mid, and in some of these games, he's just like he's not even there. You know what I'm saying? The first couple of games, he was good. He was at what twenty three and ten or twenty five and twelve or something like that in the first couple of games. He was playing really well, but since then, I don't know what the hell, what the hell is going on. I don't, and. I don't, Mental know, issues with him. I don't know if I can depend upon James Harden at this point, you know. Mm. Um, and the Sixers gonna have to if they don't get out this series. Hell yeah! Joel Embiid is not one hundred percent right now. No, and they gonna need so Harden. The Sixers are gonna huh? need James Harden to step up and get to that level, that MVP level that he's capable of. But yeah. I'm not seeing it right now. He was capable of. I'm not seeing it right now. And if they go out in the first round, buddy, it's going to be tough on both ends from when we talked about Brooklyn and when we talked about Philly. I know it's still early in the trade, but this, like, I was talking about lose-lose situations with these trades, man. It's crazy. Lose-lose situation for James Harden? No, I'm saying for both, for Brooklyn and for Philly. Like, if they both go out in the first round, I'm like, golly, that's crazy. No, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying – it was gonna be a, it was a lose lose situation for James Harden as well. Yeah, niggas geek. <laughs> him and fucking they definitely wouldn't have got swept. James Harden, they definitely probably won that first game for sure. Yeah, but yeah. hey man, that's 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 where we're at. But moving on to some of the other really really good series, we're gonna move over to the West. One eight Phoenix in New Orleans. They play tonight um, in the game. Was it game five? Yeah, pivotal game five in in uh, Phoenix. They split both uh, the first four games two two, and it really seems like without Devin Booker, <laughs> the Suns um, are in trouble. I'm not even going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to ask the question. They're in trouble because Devin Booker is their best player. Clearly, right. He is the young gun. He's the guy that can go out every night and give you 30-plus and keep you in the game throughout those stretches. Now now that you have to rely strictly on Chris Ball, who's about to turn 37 years old and has had a history of injuries late in the season, I don't know how much further he can be able to carry your team throughout the entirety of consecutive games. Like You saw in game four, he was was a game no, no game three sorry, in the fourth quarter, nineteen points strict domination, strictly domination, and credit to credit to Willie Green because they started making adjustments. They were blitzing Chris Paul in game four. They weren't trying to let him get any ISO situations against any unfavorable matchups, but still at the same time in game three, Jackson Hayes did some dumb shit and got kicked out of the game like a dumbass because he don't know how to control his emotions sometimes. Um. So I think that's where it really cost them that game. But game five was excellent, bro. You know what I'm saying? Game four. Oh, fuck. Yeah, game four. There's so many games going on. All this other shit. It's hard to keep track. Hell yeah. Eight series going on at the same 16 teams playing at the same time. Like, bro, hell nah. Sometimes I don't even be knowing who playing on what given that. I got to look at my, I'm like, god damn, who played today? Really? I feel like I ain't seen them play in a minute. But. Try <laughs> to keep up with it. Hell yeah. But um, game four was crazy excellent for the Pelicans. Everybody played well. Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado. Um, Jackson Hayes was good off the bench. Trey Murphy was good. Everybody was great, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what you, what you think about all the chippiness that's going on in this series, you know what I'm saying, with Chris Paul, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Jay Crowder. Um, all that kind of stuff. What you, what you, what you, what you got on this series, man? Chris Paul tried to, you know, Chris Paul liked to gain middle advantages for all that physical stuff, all that force play and stuff. But looks like he chose the wrong team to do that with. They, these young guys not caring. And Brandon Ingram was definitely prepared to shoot the fade with Chris Paul if he wanted to do that. You, it already happened. Yeah. He yeah. already teed that shit off. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's bro, that was uproariously funny. I was cracking the hell up when it happened. When it, uh, him and Herb Jones were like 
like bantering back and forth. And Brandon Ingram walked over. He said, "You're not like that, bro. You're not like that. <laughs> and I know you're not like that." We we hooping, bro. And I already even socked you, bro. So don't act like you really like that, cause I we could take it to. He said we could take it to the back. You know. Um, <laughs> Pelican get some gold. Hell yeah, man! They're not going for none of that. You know, not going for none of that. Shout out to the DMV, shout out Najee Marshall. You know what I'm saying? Um, what are your thoughts on this series? Do you think the Suns could pull it out? Cause I'm, I, I mean, I want to say that, but I can't say that. I'm gonna say the Suns still gonna pull it out, but I am kind of rooting for the Pelicans mm-hmm. as much as I possibly can without rooting against Chris Paul, cause. Chris Paul can't go out first round. We talking about Kevin Durant. Chris Paul definitely can't go out first round. I don't know, man. I I can see him going out first round because, like, this is something that I was I, I've been thinking about for the past couple of years. I'm like, this is the new generation, bro. Like in the NBA, the new generation is here. It, the old guard Ooh. is really, really starting to fade away. Like LeBron didn't make the playoffs. KD and Kyrie went out first round. Chris Paul struggling with, with the young gunners down in New Orleans. Um, the only yeah. team that's really standing strong, that's really vet-led, is the Warriors. That's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everybody else is under 30 years old, getting to Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, um, Luka, um, yeah. Ja. All of these guys, they're all getting they're all getting to it, and they're coming at your neck, and they don't care who you are. You feel me? So... With that being said, I'm going with the Pelicans. <clears throat> it's seven. Pelicans is seven. Um, yeah, that's what that's that's what I'm on for that series. Um, Who won in the night? Then? I'm gonna say the Suns. Suns win the night. They go back to to New Orleans. And New Orleans wins, and then Game Seven. I'm going with New Orleans just because, like, I feel like the talent. Gap has shrunk down and is tilted to the to the position of the the Pelicans just because there's no D book like you know and that fire that offensive firepower that the Pelicans have it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. The only way I see the Suns winning is if Aiden is having thirty and thirty and fifteen games. Like Aiden is gonna have to carry those middle portions of the game for the Suns to win because. Jay Crowder hasn't been all that good offensively. Mikael Bridges has been okay. Cam Johnson has been okay. Campaign hasn't been as effective as he was last season in the playoffs, and they're just miss they're they're missing a twenty twenty what twenty seven twenty eight point hole in their offense. So yeah. it is what it is. You won't have to make up for it some way, but yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real, real, real tough, man. Real tough. Um. You said uh, Suns in six or seven? Suns in seven. Okay. Um, we can really wrap all the other series into one conversation because all of them are. Oh, no, no, sorry. I almost messed that up. We got one more 2 2 series Memphis, Minnesota. The series of the Young Guns. Um, they split both games, uh, home and road. Two two going into game five tonight seven thirty. Um, what do you think about this series? I think this series has been a mess from both sides. Yeah. It it's like play. just a series of youth, like you know, mm-hmm. just getting up and down, running. And you see, like some of the most of the other games are like slow paced, methodical, but good God, this series is up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. It is crazy. <laughs> I think that today, game five is going to be the game where hopefully we don't – it's going to slow down, I think, this game. Hopefully. I don't think a, it is. It's a big game. I don't game think five, it Somebody got to play some defense in there. I don't really think it is, man. I think it's just like these teams – neither one of these teams are like methodical or slow in pace, so they're both – their game plan is to get out and run. Like for Memphis, they're they're most effective in transition when Ja's out on the floor. And when Ja is on the floor, they can slow down a little bit, but they're mostly predicated on playing great defense, getting turnovers, getting long rebounds and pushing it. 
Minnesota has a bunch of threats, and if they can get you in an advantageous situation where you're not all the way back or setting your defense, that's when they're that's when they're most effective. You know, and if the game does slow down, it's gonna favor Memphis because Memphis can sit down and really play lockdown defense, and Minnesota's gonna have to make tough shots, which they haven't done as of late, really. You know, um, <laughs> what do you think about the whole cat uh, stuff? With everybody making fun of him because of his deep voice after game um, after game four? Did you see that? I did. I'm not surprised. It's just cat. <laughs> no, you need a guy. Cat is the entertain bringing the entertainment to the playoffs. Hey, fool, go ahead, bro. That is insane, Thomason. Yeah, we had to come out and get a good good win. You see, I'm not happy because uh, we 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 got more to do. Yeah, that shit is hilarious. The <laughs> cat is a character. First, I was on. First, I was on the boys' ass. But sometimes you just gotta laugh, bro. Like you yeah. just gotta laugh at certain stuff, bro. It's so crazy. Yeah, um, and then, like I told you, John Morant be having fake beef with um. With imaginary people, you know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, when they lost that first game, everybody was picking the Timberwolves. Well, maybe I didn't see it from that lens because I was picking the Timberwolves from the beginning, but he might he might be right. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, he got beef with you, then. How are you picking the Timberwolves? Huh? He got beef with you, then. Shit. Pick the Timberwolves. Fuck it. If it's beef, it's beef. It ain't real, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not about none of that, but I'm talking about hoops. Um, <laughs> um, damn, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, congratulations, Di. You won most approved player. Congrats to you, my boy. Um, congrats to Scotty Barnes for winning rookie of the year. Um, congrats to Marcus Smart for defensive player of the year. Um, and give these people these real trophies, not that crystal, that that glass ball BS that you're doing NBA. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are they still doing that dumb award show too at the end of the season? Or they stopped that? Um, That's so dumb. Um, <laughs> going forward um, in this series, you still sticking with Minnesota and uh, Minnesota, Memphis and seven? Yeah. Okay, I'm still I'm still fine. But whoever, whoever uh, advances is going to have a rude awakening in the second round. Um, and speaking of the second round, let's let's talk about a, um, a series that's on the precipice of ending. Golden State and Denver. Golden State has been amazing in this series. Outside of, um, I wouldn't even say outside of game game four. The game four, like the Nuggets played perfect. Like that's they played a perfect game. DeMarcus Cousins played great. Bones came off the bench was great. Austin Rivers was great defensively, hit some big shots. Monty Morris hit some big shots. Aaron Gordon showed up. Everybody played great. And Jokic was Jokic. Who did he have? Like thirty? He had like thirty-eight and like fifteen. It's crazy. Um, this series it's clear that the the Nuggets are outmatched. But I love to see that fight. I didn't really enjoy watching that game on Sunday. That was a really really good game. Um, Jordan Poole didn't have a good game. Um, yeah. to the standard that he was playing to, but like I said before, I wasn't expecting to have thirty every every night. Um, but what's your thoughts on this series and going forward for the Warriors? Yeah, they better close it. They better end that shit. Game five better be the last game. They play. They play on Wednesday, so um, they're playing at home. I expect them to close it out because they're at home. That crowd's gonna get into it, and I think. I think this is where the, this is where the series ends. If it doesn't, then salute to the Nuggets. That, that's all I'm gonna say. Salute to the Nuggets, because towards the 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 closing stretch of that game in Game Four, I was like, God, God damn. Draymond got that look after he found out he got that look in his eye, like, Oh yeah, they about to end these boys. Steph hit that crazy step back, and I thought it was over. But it wasn't over to the stone. It wasn't over at all. Um, Show they played something, which you didn't see from that step last night. No, they showed a little bit of pride. They just, they just, they just not good enough. <clears throat> well, at least KD did. I would say KD did. He emptied the clip from what he Seth had Curry left. Did. Or Seth Curry. 
Yeah. Blake yeah, Griffin yeah. did too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Blake yeah. Griffin is funny. Um moving from that series. Um how many more series we got? We talked about five of them, right? We got three more. We got Chicago and mm-hmm. Milwaukee and Atlanta and um Miami. Which one you wanna do first? Alright, crack that shit off then. Tell me tell me what's going on, what you thinking, all that good stuff. Three to one. Mm-hmm. Game Three five to tonight. Mm-hmm. It should be a closeout game. Should be. Say put all that money on the heat, but at the same time, I don't know if that's a smart idea. I think Trey Young gotta have one again. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm, I'm thinking the Heat gonna thing. be home. The role players are gonna step up, have hit some hit some big threes. I think they're gonna get them boys out of here tonight. And they no need to play with your food, none of that. You see what the six is going through right now, playing with their food. Get them boys out of there. And I think that's what they're gonna do tonight. Yeah. It's time to wrap it up. And one more tip on heat. JJ Reddick on ESPN t- today. Um, he had a great point. I don't know if I fully agree with it or not, but he said Jimmy Butler is far and away the best player in the playoffs. As of, Not like rankings-wise, but he's playing the best um, in the playoffs. He's averaging like 30 points a game, shooting like 54% from the field, all this crazy stuff. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Definitely up there. No, he, definitely, he definitely up there for sure. He's playing crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I have We was talking about this shit a couple days ago. I think it might have been whatever game was. He had 35, yeah, 40, 45, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Was talking about it. My, my man is he's like, is is he is he better than James Harden? He playing better than him right now. I'll have him. Jeez. I'll take him over him right now. Yeah, and he went to the final. I would yeah, definitely it's hard take to say he's better than James Harden. But shit, like you said, ain't nobody really. Well, talent wise, no. But like right now on the court, production wise, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, let me get his official playoff numbers. Okay, so in the four games. 30 points, 54% from the field, 43% from three. Um, seven and seven, damn near eight rebounds, five assists, damn near three steals a game. Also has the pride in the second sweetest matchup in the playoffs right now. Sorry, yeah, I mean, I mean but it. they they got their way to the one seed, so you got that yeah. advantage, you know? Yeah. And um, I asked you this question the other day. I'm going to bring this up. This is completely unrelated to the Heat and the Hawks series. Um, I asked you this question. I don't think you answered it. Who would you rather have right now, Luka or Tatum? Like right like right this second. I'm not saying who's better rankings-wise. Based on the way they play right now, who would you rather have? Because you got Luka on one side who's an explosive scorer and an explosive playmaker. While you have Jason Tatum, who's also an explosive scorer, but he's proven now that he is an elite defender. You know, when it's time to be. I don't know. I probably didn't answer that question because I did. I can't answer that question. I don't know. They both neck and neck to me. Are they the two best players under twenty five in the NBA right now? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, for sure. For me, Trey Young is up there, though. Yeah, for sure, Jaws up there. Um, I would probably go with Tatum. To be honest with you, I'll go with Tatum because he's grown as a playmaker too. Whereas I want to see more from Luca defensively, um, just based yeah. upon what the production is. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that one. And we got one. yesterday. He's playing some defense last night. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but projecting forward, one more series we got to talk about. Bucks and Bulls. They play game five tomorrow. Um, the Bucks are up 3-1 in the series. They've been dominant outside of games one and two. Game one, they kind of sold the bag in the first half, but they ended up pulling it out. Um, game two, Chris Middleton got hurt. They lost by, by a lot, by like 15 maybe 20. Um, and then games three and four on the road. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. Shout out to Grayson Allen. <laughs> Shout out to Grayson Allen, Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, Giannis, Brooke, 
they've just been dominant, like the defending champ should be. Um, and I'm expecting them to, to sweep the floor with, with the Bulls and the gentleman sweep and get them out of there, especially with no Zach Levine in uh, game five. Health and safety protocols, my brother. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but to answer your last question, though, before this season or before this playoff started, I would say Tatum just because he got out the first round. That would, that would literally only be my only. But since it looks like he probably got out the first round, they dare even to be. Let's take him with his championship. Hey, to be honest with you, um, the way that the Mavericks are made up, especially if they get a chance to play either the Suns with no Devin Booker or a wounded Devin Booker, or even if they play the Pelicans, um, they have a good shot to make the Western Conference Finals. A really, really good shot to make the Western Conference Finals with the way they play defense and the superstar that Luka already is at this level and at this stage in his career. Like, they got a real shot, bro. It's like the Celtics have a real shot. They're going to have a war in the second round against Milwaukee, but good Lord, that series is going to be amazing. I hope they, that series goes seven. Yeah. I want to see how the, how the Celtics are going to scheme to guard to guard Giannis, um, yeah, that's I want to see that. I want to see that real bad. I ain't gonna hold you. And um, if Philly does make it out, do you see them beat Miami with the way Joel Embiid is compromised right now? Yeah, I ain't having beaten Miami, even if he was having. Okay. 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 James Harden, he's a bluffing guy. <laughs> he's bluffing Jimmy Butler. No, no, I just don't. He got that. They serious. The Sixers is mm-hmm. right now. I mean, their second option has been in. Been, what's his name? Maxie. Maxie. Like you said, he's been bullshitting these last couple games. That's why they've been losing. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> what I would say is, I feel like the. I don't know this for a fact now, but I feel like I know this. This is true. They shifted their coverage away from trying to scheme against Harden to being towards putting their best perimeter defenders on Maxi, where Maxi's used to exploiting guys that aren't paying too much attention to him. So now when you throw a guy like OG on him who's locked in and who's going to sit down and actually play really good defense, it helps. And especially with – even though this is unfortunate, even though Fred is out, Fred is a smaller guy and Tyrese may be able – be more inclined to attack him because he's not as he's not as tall as OG or Scotty or Gary Jr. So – I feel like that kind of thing may be a blessing in disguise defensively for Toronto because OG did a really good good goddamn job last night on Tyrese Maxey. Like I said, he was 5 for 14. He made, he made some shots because he's really, really talented. He's still young. And OG is a big body and a great defender. She made that nice ass layup. That's what that I was talking about. That, nice, that, that layup was insane. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. Um, but... That's really all we got for the playoffs um, as of right now. We'll continue to talk about that throughout the rest of the – the um, I was about to say the endurance. Uh, the rest of the duration of the playoffs for the next two months. I th- not two months, about a month and a half or so. Um, yeah. One more basketball thing for everybody's watching, including you. Um, if you want to watch – if you t- if you really tapped into college basketball or, like, grassroots basketball – Twitch is the place to to watch EYBL games. I sent you that message yesterday. That's what I was watching. Um, yeah, pretty cool. It's free. You don't really gotta do nothing. You mean you have to shout make out the boys? Shout out them Twitch boys. Got some EYBL. Huh? Well, no, nah, it's not nobody. It's like coming. Nike is streaming it on Twitch, so it's like legit. You feel me? No, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Shout out to people like Twitch. It's a good business move, right there. It's a it's a lot of talent out there, man, and I've been trying to get tapped in with some of these these players earlier and earlier. Um, Rob Dillingham has the goods. He didn't play all too well in the game that I seen, but he made this move where he came off a down screen, caught the ball, spun somebody, got to the paint, and then did like some crazy layup. It was crazy. Um, but moving forward, um, I'm handing this over to you, my boy. This is your segment for the week. Uh, we're going to football. NFL draft is on Thursday in a couple of days, and we got some draft stuff for y'all. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce it, and uh, we got some topics, questions, mocks, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So as you start off, 
basically my top five players personally that I like. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I, mean, I would. I guess I would say these are the guys that I think might be the best. Mm-hmm. But just my favorite players personally, and also guys I think is definitely the best in the class. Mm-hmm. So first, I got no no specific order, just top five. That boy Derek Stingley Jr. That boy Jameson Williams. Williamson or Williams, whatever his name is. Williams. Whenever he, whenever he get off that injury. Hey, bro, before you keep going, you know he's like, not like full sprinting, but he's like working out now. Like he's he's way ahead of schedule in his rehab. It's that Alabama shit. You know he putting in that work. To, he know how to grind. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Him, Garrett Wilson, Kyle Hamilton, and the boy Sauce. Oh my God. No. Those are my top five guys. I think all those guys should be gone within the top 20 for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I did a a mock top five mm-hmm. to I think the top five teams in the draft should take. So got the Jaguars coming in at number one. I think they should take the boy Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Just think he fits that team the way they're on. I do have a question, though. Not not yeah. specifically for you, but this could be for anybody watching or listening. Um, if y'all football buffs and y'all know, what do the Jaguars like really need? Are they or are they just in a position where they need to take talent because they're that bad? That's what I think they're. I think they're in the position where they just need talent. Okay. They just need they need they need to plug in pieces all over the board. Yeah, because they got so many holes, and it's like okay, I don't know where to attack from, so we're just gonna take the 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 most talented guy. Okay. But at the same time. Like I say that their their defense line is pretty decent. I don't say decent, but they got they got some players over there. Mm-hmm. Boy Josh Allen, they got the boy Miles Jack coming in behind them. Bookend and all that other kind of stuff. I, I can respect that. So they put Hutchinson on that line. That D line will be nasty. Mm-hmm. And it seems like how a lot of teams like watch the football team, the the Niners. Like a lot of teams is building their D line first. Yeah. So maybe they'll go that route. Second, got. Second with the Lions, I got the boy, the boy Kayvon Thibodeau. And he'll go number two. You know, the way they talking about him, it seems hey, like he's not going to go. Hey, bro, they be talking about him like he don't care about football at all. And and that kind of stuff annoys me, bro. I hate that. Like, if he didn't care about football, he wouldn't be in this position right now. Like, relax. Yeah. He, 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 he probably won't go number two just because they're trying to downplay his ability and his love for the game and yeah. his personality and all that type of shit. But I'm going to take him number two to Detroit Lions. I think again, it's another team that needs to fill in a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. Why not fill, fill a D-line hole? And number three to Texans. I'm going to take the boy Evan Neal, O-lineman from uh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's like the Texans might be rolling with that boy uh, What's in David Mills. Mills. Yeah. yeah so. He was solid. Yeah, so got to get a lineman to protect him. So take him number three. Mm-hmm. Number four with the Jets. I said taking that Georgia boy, Trayvon Walker. I don't know his uh, his, his combine numbers specifically, but I've been hearing they were crazy. Four, mm-hmm. four, four, five, whatever. Doing all that type of shit. So I think he's like six, five, two, thirty. It's crazy because like I was watching like like different people do their mocks or just like grading different position groups and mm. Georgia's defense has like seven players that are probably they're gonna get drafted just from that that defense like three or four defense alignment three linebackers all that crazy shit Georgia continue yeah they have some boys over there Has some boy boys over there <laughs> but they got that championship but yeah if his I don't remember if it's specifically his combine number but I remember they were crazy so he's not gonna be there for too long Mm-hmm. Just off that alone, so I'm gonna take him to the Jets. Then number five, uh, the Giants up, which they could really go anywhere. Really, mm-hmm. they could even go quarterback. If they really wanted to, but I doubt they do that. Yeah. So I'm gonna take him. I'm, I'll put Darius Stanley Jr. number five. You know, I doubt he goes number five. Yeah. Just because, once again, how they're trying to. Uh, he hasn't played since the LSU championship season. Well, played a full full season. Mm-hmm. Since that, since that uh, championship season, so, but I think his talent is unquestionable. I, don't, I mean, I love Ahmad Gardner, but I don't think he's better than Derek Stanley Jr. I, I think feel like, Sauce Gardner. I feel like Sauce is more 
Well, the reason why I feel like Sauce is probably ranked higher, I would agree with the ranking higher of him just because he's um, obviously he's taller. He's got a longer wingspan, and he's got more consistently great play on film. Indeed. That's what I think. Yep, the film is there. But I also think his stat of uh, never giving up a touchdown, he was in the SEC. I don't know. It's kind of inflated. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I think he's going – I think he because it went in my draft. So I seen they said they had him going number two to the Lions. I'm like, yeah, darn it. Yeah, I think it was Mel Kiper or something like that. I was like, oh, huh, huh, huh. yeah, so like, yeah, they blowing I this get, shit hey, out but of look, look, But look though, just just imagine, right? Jeff Okuda on one end, even though he struggled his rookie year and he tore his Achilles last year. Hopefully he back, he good. But if you got yeah. Jeff Okuda on one side and you put Sauce on the other side, I can't be mad at that. I can't no, be mad at that at all. But that's why I don't know. If they're gonna take, because they like you said, they just took a cornerback at number two, number three, mm-hmm. two years ago. So then they're gonna take, they're gonna use the second pick again on a quarterback. I mean, on a cornerback. But it will be like you said, that would be two good pieces right there. So. Mm-hmm. We'll Especially see. in the division when you got guys like Justin Jefferson running around and D. Lynn and Aaron Rodgers and players <laughs> like that. But it's true. Mm-hmm. So I'd round out my top five. I think Stanley Junior is the number one corner, but. That's not what the the expert just fan right now, just due to his, like you said, limited tape. Yeah. And his injuries, so. Mm-hmm. We'll well, see he how is that the goes. son of a pro, so I'm not doubting his abilities. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. for me, I'm gonna do a top five too. Um, number one, Jaguars. I would go. I'm gonna go with them taking Trayvon Walker. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go with that number one. Number two. I would go with the Lions going with Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. If he's there too, they got a team. Yeah. Three, I would probably – well, the Houston Texans, I'm going to surprise these people, man. They need some stuff on the outside. I'm going to take my number one receiver, um, Gary Wilson, go number three to the Texans, you know. That'd be tough. Um, number four, the Jets. This is probably like something that I, that I thought of in my mind. I was like, I seen it on somebody mock. I was like, damn, that's tough. Number four, the Jets can go with Evan Neal. Um, I think that that would be, like, amazing. It would give me, like, this warm feeling in my heart because you got two guys on each end on your offensive line protect your uh, your second-year quarterback who you think is going to be really good. Um, Makai Ooh. Becting is a beast. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord, that man is crazy. And if you add another big mauling guy like Evan Neal on the other end, You'll be a good you be a good position, and number five, the Giants. Um, they need a lot of stuff too, man. Um, hmm. I'm gonna tilt. Mm, mm, mm. I'm gonna tilt it towards the offense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them take my boy Jamo, James Williams. Um, so yeah. That's what I got. Um, yeah, that would be nice. Jer- Jameson Williams and a uh, bro from Florida, Tony. They's trying to. Tr- I've seen some shit that said they were trying to trade him. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't know nothing about trade rumors. I ain't on nothing, man. Giants don't know what they want to do. Hey, man, when you've been in poverty so long, sometimes you feel lost. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Huh? Go ahead and ask yours out. We'll, we can alternate. I did have a question for you, but I'll let you go first. So, I ask you, what team that has the most holes in the draft this year? Um, that they can fill, or just like which team just sucks the most? <laughs> yeah, this team just needs the most help. <laughs> the Giants. Going into this draft. The Giants. New York Giants. Respect like, that. Question mark at the quarterback, offensive line is is, is uh defense, I don't know. Uh wide receivers, uh running back, can he stay healthy? It's a lot. Coach, I don't know. GM, boo, could like a whole lot of stuff. Um I agree with that. I said the Falcons. The Falcons. I, I wanna see the Falcons get one of them receivers, um, badly. Yeah. Um, because Marcus Mario yeah. is gonna be their quarterback and um, 
the more weapons, the merrier. That's bad. Yeah. Marcus Mariota's their starting quarterback. I think that's what it. I'm pretty sure. God, Unless they draft one. That's where he went. I didn't even know he went there. Mm-hmm. Hey man, he might make the most out of his second opportunity. You never know. No, he is. He definitely is. No disrespect to him, but. <laughs> um, my question for you is: You, as a Washington Commanders fan, um, y'all got the eleventh pick. Who would you want to see your team pick in a realistic situation? Who would you want to see them pick in that range, that eleven range, and um, fantasy land? Who would you want them to pick? What do you think they need the most? We got a lot of holes too. I need a. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> let's say being realistic. Because obviously, if I was in Law Land, I would say, you know, they these receivers could James Wilson, Gary Wilson, I mean, Jameson, or even Wilson. Chris Olave. Chris Olave, he'll, he'll definitely be there. And Drake London. That's what I was going to say. That's my realistic option would be Drake London because he'll mm-hmm. probably be there. And need some big. We need a big target. But at the same time, he could end up at a breath of TCU that we took. That Josh Dawson? Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not really putting my faith into too many receivers. But Drake London would be a nice eye pick. Mm-hmm. We could uh, take, or really, besides him, who I really want the most, who could be there, he might not be there, is Kyle Hamilton. He's on the board, and we're going to take Kyle Hamilton and retweet. Any of them three DDs is on the board, and we're going to take them with two. Derek Stanley Jr., Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton. Ooh, shit. Hit the table, goddamn. Um, I need one of them. I seen the scouting report about Kyle Hamilton. Um, I might send you the link to it. It was pretty. It was really good. It was a really good um, thing that that guy did. I think his name was Bengal on YouTube. Um, he did a really good dog. job. Um, he was talking about how Kyle Hamilton has like the ability to make some of these like really really big plays, but on a play to play basis, he's not all that good. Well, he's not what you think he is. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. since he's not the most rangy safety or anything like that, he doesn't have like a ton of the athletic tools and things like that. And he broke down that play that everybody's seen that like he ran across the field and picked off that that pass against Florida State. Um, <laughs> Looking at it from, like, the all-22 angle, you know, all-22 is, like, the highest angle and all the other You see everything. Um, It was clear where the quarterback was going. (laughs) And as soon as he did that, it took the quarterback so long to get into his wind-up and throw it that it gave him way more than enough time to go all the way across the field and pick it off. You said it was a pick from Florida State. I'm saying quarterback. Quarterback play at Florida State ain't tightest right now. Definitely couldn't say that. Okay. Um, another question, right? Who is your biggest uh, NFL draft sleeper? Give me, give me three guys. One of them, Kyle Hamilton. Uh, sleepers. Probably two of say one Kenny Pickett. You know, he's not really a sleeper, but he's not the number one guy. I see like quarterbacks getting all. Yeah, they're not. They it's a defense and 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 um, defensive player and skill position outside of quarterback draft. Like a lot of like a lot of trenches guys, corners and wide receivers. Yeah. So you said you had Kyle Hamilton and who else? Kenny uh, Pickett. Mm-hmm. And. Is my boy David Bell? Is he going? Is he in the draft? I'm pretty sure he is. I'm yeah, that, that's definitely number one slept on guy because I don't know how he not top five. I mean, these receivers are so deep. But yeah. David Bell, one of the ones. If you can catch one him in the second round, man. You can get him in the second round. Mm-hmm. He came the fuck up. So maybe that's what we need to. The Washington football team need to not look at a receiver first round. Hope that he's there in the second. Round. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what we need. For me, I would say, like, sleepers-wise, I would probably – my first guy that I would go with would be Desmond Ritter. I think he's he has he's a low-ceiling, high-floor kind of guy. 
um, where you can put them in a position with a solid team, especially if you're picking them in the second, third round and insert them in a position where he can come in and compete and maybe not be as hard first year, but be a guy that can come in and develop over time and right. become a really good player because he's a dual threat. He's a he's an older guy, so he's been through the wars. He's been through a lot, and I, I have a good feeling about him. <clears throat> second for me, second for me would be um, hmm, great questions, great questions. Um, I'm looking through a list of guys right now because I I need to see faces. I would say Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis is gonna be really fucking good. <laughs> Um, Where is he from? Wisconsin? No, nah, the the big the big ass D tackle from Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, him. Yeah. Me too. It's a problem. And I will go with Devin Lloyd as my third guy because I I seen that those two games. I only seen two games. You know what I'm saying? Big casual football guy. You feel me? Um, Where is he from? Utah linebacker from Utah. The big ass linebacker. He's like six what six four six five. Um. Like freaky athlete. Now he may not be six four. I think he's like six three, like two thirty. But um, those two games against Ohio State and against uh, Oregon, I like. I like to cut his jib. <laughs> um, that boy, David Ojabo from Michigan too. Mm-hmm. Hope he gets healthy. Man, that was the guy that got hurt. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the one. I'm looking at this mock draft on the NFL website by Bucky Brooks. <laughs> he had he has the Jaguars taking Iki Ekwanu as the number one pick from Jacksonville. Yeah, I seen that they do from Tackle. State. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that would be I don't know who the fuck that is, but he he must be a big dude and he must have killed the measurement. I don't even see And he must be swift on them feet. He's got Aiden Hutchinson going second. He's got Sauce going to Houston. Evan Neal going to the Giants. Uh, Derek Stingley going to the Giants at seven. The Falcons getting Garrett Wilson. Kayvon Thibodeau going to Seattle. He's got y'all getting Kyle Hamilton. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Hey, bro, if Minnesota got Jamison Williams, bro, good Lord, that would be crazy. It don't matter, Nick Kirk Cousins still not gonna be there. Shit, <laughs> still not gonna do. Saying so, no, they don't win the NFC North this year. Then. Shit, <laughs> get that nigga out of here. He's got the he's got the Eagles getting Chris Olave. You got to get get my guy some weapons. You know what I'm saying, my guy Jalen Hurts. You got to get him some weapons, some real weapons. Um, that guy's just gonna drop the ball, uh, Jalen Rager. <clears throat> um. The Saints are getting Traylon Burks. I like this pick here. The Steelers are getting Malik Willis. I like this. I like this. I like that. The Patriots would get Devin Lloyd. We gotta ask Cal. We gotta get Calvin back on the show, man. We gotta ask him some stuff about his Patriots post draft. Let's see if we can make mm-hmm. that happen. Um, and is anybody else interesting? Uh, no. Okay. Um, you got anything else on the draft before we get on the body here, man? Yeah, I got one more question. So, who do you think will select the quarterback first? Let me look at the order again. This, is gonna, this might be a shocker. I would say Seattle. I can see Seattle getting a guy like Malik Willis. I think I think yeah. Malik Willis is going to be the first quarterback drafted. Well, just from my perspective. I don't think Kenny Pickett is all that good. Uh, especially with that thing with his hand. That weird thing with his hand where his thumb is like messed up so he can't hold the ball. Pro- I don't know what the hell that, that's about. Um, so I would say, I would say um, Malik Willis would be going to Seattle. Even though they need other stuff, but if I had to, if I had to choose, looking at that lot, I would go Seattle. I agree. Uh-huh. I what said, about you? What I said was the Panthers. I think they're like two, three picks ahead of Seattle. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I said the Falcons. Then if neither of them two, then I won't with Seattle. Mm-hmm. 
one of the three teams. Yeah. Um. Do I have any more questions about the draft? I seen some um, yesterday about Darren Waller, and well, not Darren Waller, but the the Raiders and the Packers talking about a trade for Darren Waller. I don't know if it's yeah. true. I don't know if it's true or was not. Um, but see that boy you, Derek Carr said not a chance. Yeah, I did see that today. I saw that today. <laughs> Um, I don't know why they why the why the Raiders would do that. They they're entering into the toughest division in in the NFL, and uh, I don't know why you would do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> terrible. Um, what else is there? I, I had something else on my mind I wanted to talk about, but I'm for completely forgetting right now. Um, I do have something to tell you about the AAU world. Um, I don't know if you've seen that once we once we stop recording, because I don't want to spread that because he's a kid and kids make mistakes. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it, man. Um, if you haven't already, say what? Said another banger. Another episode. Episode 29. Episode Deuce Nine. You feel me? Um, if you haven't already on the channel, go check out my Shade and Sharp video. Um, I'm really honing in on the draft right now. Um, I'm going to try to get a video out for a prospect, at least one one video out a week. Um, I'm working on the next one, so stay tuned for that. Um, stay locked in with the Cozy Corner Man here. Um, Raiders, review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you don't, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, what's up with you, bro? You feel me? Um, if, <laughs> but other than that, man, we out of here, man. And until next time, folks, stay cozy.